Welcome to the Network Marketing Heroes Podcast, hosted by 40-year network marketing veteran, author of best-selling books, The Four-Year Career, and Mach 2 with Your Hair on Fire, and world-renowned speaker, Richard Bliss Brook. When it comes to success in network marketing, who better to learn from than leaders who have actually done it? Listen as Richard interviews top leaders and gives you a behind-the-scenes look at how they did it. You'll get incredible tips and duplicable actions you can do right now to build your own four-year career. Stay tuned after this episode for an exclusive discount code to get 10% off Richard's easy-to-use tools that will help propel your network marketing business to the next level at blissbusiness.com. Kirsten, I really uh, enjoyed your presentation at the Most Powerful Women uh, Networking event in Las Vegas, and I think it was in March. Uh, very powerful. And reading uh, in detail your story about how you got started in network marketing and your first couple of years and then what you've blossomed into just in the last two or three years financially and as a speaker and as a leader Really, really inspirational stuff, and I know people are going to get a ton out of this call because you've got to have some great stories and some great nuggets. Mm-hmm. So I want to start off, as we always do, by asking you to tell everybody your story about how you first were introduced to network marketing, and, and I realize yours is more of a customer onboarding, and that's awesome. So we want to tell it like it was. How did you first get introduced to network marketing? Who introduced you? And what's really important, Kirsten, is how did you know that person? And what did they say to you? So I realize yours initially might be about the product, and that lasted a year or two before you really saw the income opportunity and circumstances led you to need to see the income opportunity. But how did that first connection happen? Who was it and what did they say? And tell us also what was going on in your life. Sure, absolutely. That's a great question. So in the very beginning, my good friend, Melina Harrison, who our husbands had a business together. They were doing an Internet marketing company. Um, they were quite successful. And so Melina actually decided she wanted to do doTERRA first, and she had some of the top leaders in the company who were working with her. and, and really just wanting to spread doTERRA around the world. And what's funny is the leaders came to my husband's office. They wanted Kyle, actually, that's my husband. They wanted Kyle to do the business with them, not me. And so they brought, like, the big guns out, and they came down and gave a big, awesome business opportunity presentation to Kyle. And on the side, Melina was kind of talking to me, you know, just in person saying, oh, Kirsten, I'm going to do this oils thing. Will you please just come to this class? And I said, okay, I guess, you know, I love, I love Melina. She's my good friend. So I just came because I, you know, didn't want to get left out of the fun oil thing. But really, I was not interested in doing the business. I didn't have a why. I had no real reason. And so I bought a kit from her just to be nice, and I started using them slowly, all knowing that they wanted my husband because of his his network, you know, like his internet marketing experience. They wanted him to do more of that. And so when I got my kid, I I had three children at the time, and they were just, you know, me. I, I was really, as a mom, looking for natural solutions for my children. And so it was something that just felt really good to me, and I felt empowered as a woman and as a mother, to be able to take care of my children naturally. So that, yeah, I was definitely a customer in the beginning. And my husband actually said to me, hey, why don't, uh, why don't you go do, do the girls' oils club, and I'm going to go build some real businesses. So, so there was a real misunderstanding of network marketing in the beginning. And so, yeah, it was definitely a product-based experience. So that's, that was, that's how I got started, was just a good friend of mine. So – uh, and your, your, your and your husband's construction business was very successful at that time. So that was right? a, yeah, it was an Internet marketing company, actually, so definitely no construction. We are not handy 
uh, in any way. <laughs> so, I, no, I will not claim construction. <laughs> Internet marketing. <clears throat> yes, it was very uh, successful. Mm-hmm. My confusion. Internet marketing, and that's why Melina was interested, is she saw a connection there? Yep. Yep. She thought, okay. oh, let's go Internet marketing route. And right. that was yeah, that was not the way that it happened, actually. It was very so, organic. So why didn't Kyle uh, get involved, do you think? Well, Kyle was very busy running it. I mean, the, the company was huge, multi-million dollars, uh, offices spanning in different countries. I mean, it was a large operation. So he just simply was not looking for an opportunity he didn't need to do any, you know, he was working really, really hard and had been doing so for about 10 years on a business that was very successful for him. So there was really no yeah. need there. Got it. Okay. So uh, you were a customer, and how long were you a customer before you gave the financial opportunity another look, and what happened that you gave it another look? So what happened is the company that my husband had spent 10 years of his life building fell apart, and I found myself, it actually, it was like a movie. It actually happened all in one day. I had been using the oils for about a year and a half and and really loving them. Like I signed up my mom and I signed up my best friend from high school, you know, a couple of those types of things, but not really actively building or pursuing any of the income side of it. And one day, I will never forget, I actually um, logged into my bank account to pay some bills and everything was gone. All of the money was gone. And I'm thinking, is this a joke? Is this a movie? Am I, is this like a, you know, am I on candid camera or something? Of course, my husband was on a business trip. I'm calling him, and everyone in the company is calling him going, Kyle, what happened? What's going on with the business? And as it turns out, there was some legal issues that happened with some of the employees um, in our company, in our previous company, and it all fell in our lap. And so it was a time where I actually was pregnant and totally broke and was so mad at the world that I, I don't even think – we had to move out of our house. You know, we had to move in with Kyle's parents. We had to borrow money for diapers, for milk, for everything. It was such a, a, a surreal feeling of, of there was just no control whatsoever. It was, it was like, you know, crying in my closet and praying to God, what am I supposed to do? And wow. we moved – yeah, we moved. We had to move out. And you know what? This is so terrible. I wouldn't even help move. I was so mad that I just sat and cried and, and like, my husband and his friends had to, like, pack up all of our stuff because I was just – I couldn't even function. It was so bad. So we moved to Utah, and we had to borrow, like, a four-wheeler trailer. Like, you know those trailers that you put your toys on, you know? You, yeah. You pile, yeah, we couldn't afford a moving truck. You know, so we had to move from Las Vegas up to northern Utah. It's about a six-hour drive. And I think we made four or five trips back and forth, back and forth from, you know, on that I-15 from, from Utah to Las Vegas to haul all of our stuff uh, up to a storage unit that, of course, we couldn't pay for, but we borrowed money for that. And we moved in with my in-laws. And it was that time when those same leaders who had come and tried to talk Kyle into doing the business, you know, the, the year, year and a half before that, uh, came back to me and they said, they looked me right in the eye. I'll never forget this moment. They looked me right in the eye and they said, Kirsten, we know where you're at. We've been there before. You know, who hasn't been down, you know, on their luck, right, in some form or another, whether, you know, you lost your job or you lost your business or, you know, just different circumstances happen where you feel out of control financially, and they came to me and they said, hey, we know where you're at, and, and I promise you, if you follow our system, you're already using the oil. Just follow the system and commit to it and start working on yourself and your personal development. Just do that, and I promise you, you'll get back to your house in Las Vegas because fortunately I was able to rent my house, so I didn't actually lose it. I would have lost it. There was no way I could pay for it, but we had just – remodeled our dream home in Las Vegas when all this had happened. And so I was able to rent it out just for exactly what my mortgage payment was on it. And so I had a why then, right? Like I was living in the in-laws and I'm going, all right, guys, I'm going to do this doTERRA thing. And my why is to get back in my house. That's it. So every time I would, you know, have a class or give out a sample or follow up with someone. And if it, if it went great, then great. And if it went bad, 
that didn't make me happy, but I remembered that I was getting back to my house. And so it was a very clear vision for me. It's actually what I used your book, the Mock You With Your Hair on Fire, a very clear vision of what it was going to look like when I got back to my house, what it was going to smell like, what the carpet was going to be. I mean, the whole thing, I used that book to create the vision to get back into my home. And guess what? Two wow. years. Two years. Two years. To the, to the day. Two years to the day. Uh, we moved back to Las Vegas into the same home that I was forced to leave that two years before. Wow. So tell us about that two years, Kirsten. What did you do to build such an extraordinary team? I mean, you have 45,000 people on your team, 12 leadership legs, 60,000 customers, almost $3 million. Is that a month? Yes. In volume a month. <laughs> Almost $3 million a month in sales. I mean, that's a very nice – you know what that is, Kirsten? That in itself is a top 200 network marketing company. Yeah. <laughs> so if you took all the network marketing companies in the United States and ranked them, um, I mean, the top 100 is the, – the bubble there is about $100 million a year – uh, 30, 40 million a year, easily top 200 companies, and that's just wow. your team. Yeah. And you did yeah. it, and you did it in a couple of years. How did you do it? I got, I got the motivational piece, and that's yep, brilliant. I, I can't. It's hard for me to express how honored I am and inspired I am to hear that you're one of the very few people. One of the very few people that have ever studied that book or gone to one of my workshops and actually executed <laughs> the way it teaches you to execute. And what I'm constantly inspired by is anytime I've ever talked to somebody who actually did follow the instructions in that book, they manifested really extraordinary things. So yeah. how, did you, how did you do it? What, from a business standpoint, mm -hmm. recruiting, leadership, team building, how did you do it? Sure, absolutely. And I just want to add that now I'm addicted to it, by the way. Like the Mach 2 thing, now I'm addicted to it. Like that was what I created in two years. Now it's like, oh, my gosh, the sky's the limit. You know what I mean? Once yes. you discover that power, it's so exciting. It is the secret sauce for sure. But in terms of what I did, what, what did my day look like? What did I do? It, it really is quite simple. The first thing I did, and I have to give credit, the first thing I did is I got down on my knees and I prayed to God and said, I'm going to do this. I know it's going to be a lot of work. I just need you to show me that this is the right path. And if I can see that it's the right path, I will never quit. I will never get off of it. So it was that commitment and that blessing that I had in the beginning to know that this is what I was meant to do. It's my calling in life. I know that. And so that gave me a lot of energy, you know, to start off with, to create that fire, right, to get going and to create that vision and that belief for me to get going. So that was what started it. Um, secondly, it was really about following the system that my upline created. So it was duplication. It was listen to a 15-minute call every single day. It was watch a webinar once or twice a week. It was have my personal development routine down so that it's very simple for me to turn on my 30 minutes a day. A lot of us here in this business, oh, we got to do 30 minutes a day of personal development. But like, the day goes by and we didn't, we didn't add it into our day. You know, we forgot because we were busy right. doing all the other things that we had to do. So it was very important for me to have those things easily accessible. For example, having um, – I, I was not as much into, like, the online stuff at first. So I was, like, more old school. Like, I had a, I had a CD that I would plug into my car, and I had the CD in my car. And I would listen to that every single day. And you know who it was? It was actually Michael Klaus. He's got this disc that is, like, this – mental programming and he, and he has all these different quotes and in between some of the quotes he's saying I like myself I like myself I like myself like and at first it seemed kind of silly but again to recondition your mind was super super important and so what I would do is I would um, give those tools to my leaders and so along the way as I was sampling essential oils 
And and this is the other thing. The essential oils are amazing. I mean, it's it's such an easy product to share because it works so well. And I'm not like trying to pitch it. I'm just saying like that is part of why I've had so much success is because people see such immediate results from the oils. And so I was sampling. I was following up. I was taught to do two new contacts and two follow-ups every single day. So in my pocket, there are two samples, two doTERRA samples. If I don't hand out those samples, I'm not coming home. You know what I mean? They're in my pocket. I can't leave, you know, the park or McDonald's or whatever I was doing, you know, the post office or a meetup group or church or whatever it is. I'm not leaving. I'm not coming home until I've handed out my samples. And it was a it was a strict commitment to those actions, right? It wasn't just the personal development. It was sample, follow-up, have a class once a week or sometimes twice a week or when I'm in major push mode, five times a week, I'm doing the presentation. I'm doing the essential oils. This is what they, you know, this is how you use them. This is what they do for you, and this is how you get them. And then it was at least once or twice a month doing business opportunity trainings, talking to people about the business and, and kind of, you know, exuding my, getting, getting some of my excitement on them <laughs> so they can see, wow, I don't really know all about what she's doing, but I know she's excited about it and she has a vision and I want to be in her boat, you know. And so that's what other people can do as well. They, maybe you're just getting started and you're not totally sure about all the details, but you have so much excitement that people believe that you're actually going to go somewhere. So it was a lot of belief, excitement, vision, motivation, Sample, follow-up, teach classes. Sample, follow-up, teach classes. And, um, and I miss, you know, I, I miss events. I miss events with my family. I miss events with, you know, uh, other things. You have to choose in those two years. That it's like Olympic training, you know. I mean, Olympians, they don't get to go do all the other stuff. They're focused on what their goal is. And so that was definitely the two years of I'm going to do this so that I can get back in my house. Yeah. Yeah, there's, you know, one of the popular questions about being successful in network marketing is how do you create balance? And balance is certainly available to anybody that wants to make 500 or or $1,000 a month or something mm-hmm. like that, and mm-hmm. that's a beautiful thing. And But somebody that wants to become a multi-multi-millionaire in four years in network marketing um, – that's really kind of crazy to think, well, I'm going to get to maintain all the other priorities in my life. You're going to go out of balance if you're going to do something extraordinary. And as long as you have a good enough reason for it, and, um, you know, at some point, if you choose balance, if balance is important to you, you get to a place where you can get back in balance. And so, you know, what you just talked about there, Kirsten, is such a, um, it's just so profound. I mean, there's a whole book there by you about those basic mechanics, and it's it's um, it's crazy when you think about the percentage of people that pursue success to whatever level they pursue it in network marketing, and they don't succeed. And yet, if they would just do those simple things, I mean, you could just you could actually just take the two contacts a day that you've got two samples in your pocket and you're not going home until you pass them out, that doesn't sound very significant. But (laughs) over a year, you know, that's over 700 people that you've introduced the product to. Yeah. And and if you do that in an on-fire way where people are going, wow, who's she? What's she up to? What's that all about? And you have a product that works, doesn't have to work for everybody. You got 700 people that try a product, and it just works for a third of them. <laughs> yeah, you know, still doing you pretty good. <laughs> you got 150 customers, uh-huh. <laughs> and if you got 150 customers, you got to have you know 30 or 40 or 50 distributors out of that, and that's all you need to build an empire. It's so simple. Yeah. And yet, you know, people just—I don't know—they just don't believe it. Maybe is that simple. Your upline did you the greatest service. I want to know who they are. Who was the upline that that with great conviction and posture and leadership insisted and inspired you to follow that? 
Yeah, absolutely. Her name is Elise Shedevy, and she is almost a triple presidential diamond in doTERRA. So I'm, I'm a, a presidential diamond plus almost diamond again. She's done what I've done three times. She's incredible. She is so, she has the most vision and creativity out of any woman I've ever met. And we all have someone different that inspires us, right? And there's something about the way she speaks. She can, uh, she can bring me to tears with her words in, in a positive way, you know, just speak to my soul type of a woman. So, yeah, she's excellent at creating systems and making it simple and never stopping until, you know, I believe her. She looks at all of us in the eyes and says, you guys, do what I tell you to do. Just do it. You know, don't, don't have an excuse. Don't, don't blame anybody but yourself. Just, you know, make it happen. And I know it sounds so simple, but it really is that simple. Yeah. All right. So would you tell us a couple of stories, Kirsten? And I, I don't know if you have them. I, you know, I'll, I'll remind the listening audience. Um, I've never talked to Kirsten about this interview. She doesn't know any of the questions in advance. Uh, I do this intentionally, spontaneously, and and um, authentically. I just feel like the best questions come that way, and the best answers come that way. So I don't know the answer to this question, but um, out of all the people you've sponsored, do you have some interesting stories of people, not that you knew, but people that you met along the way from those two samples a day, that turned into really special success stories. They don't necessarily have to be, you know, millionaire distributors, but inspirational stories because you had the courage to connect with them and build a relationship with them and give them product and bring them along the path. Do you have any stories you can tell us about people like that? Absolutely. I've got a great one. Do you like Hawaii, Richard? Do I like Hawaii? Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm moving. Kim, Kimmy and I are moving to Hawaii in 19 days. No way. Which island? Lanai. Oh wow, that's incredible. Okay, so you like Hawaii? I, I like Hawaii too. Okay, I, I like it a little bit. I like it a lot. So yeah. I have a girlfriend. Her name is Rochelle Brinkerhoff, and she and I knew each other when we were 18 years old, growing up in Utah. Um, and I had actually introduced her to the product um, very early on. I was like, hey, Rochelle, let's do this, you know. Um, you know, not early on in my career, but after I got going, I introduced her to the product. And um, she said, oh, she kind of did what I did to Melina. Oh, that's nice. Oh, sure. I'll buy the cheapest starter package that you have just to get you off my back, you know. And uh, come to find out that starter package, she didn't even open it. I mean, it sat in her closet forever. And then one day, she uh, had moved to Hawaii and, and had two kids. She was married over there. She married a Hawaiian man. And, and um, she found herself in a, a really, really difficult situation. She was in an abusive marriage. Um, she was mm. living in, I'm going to call it a shack. Sorry, Rochelle, but that place was a shack. <laughs> in, in the middle of the jungle, like, you know, with no real, like, I don't even know if they had a kitchen sink. You know, it was a really, really difficult time. And so, I, um, at this time, was living at my mother-in-law's in Utah, and right before we lost all of our money, my husband and I had purchased tickets to go to the Bahamas. And so, of course, we could not, I mean, we could have flown to the Bahamas because we had those tickets, but when we lost our business and everything, we wouldn't have been able to do anything in the Bahamas. We wouldn't have even been able to eat, right? So I canceled those tickets, and I happened to have a credit on an airline, I, I don't know which airline, but... Uh, and so once Rochelle and I were having a conversation and she said, Kirsten, I've got to get out of the jungle. I've got to get out of this shack in the jungle. My kids and I, we actually really kind of, it's, it's a situation that we need to escape. And what can I do? And I said, look, I know that you can do doTERRA with me. I know you can. Like, let's do this together. I really believe, I want you to be like my frontline leader. I want this to work for you. And so I took my credit that I had on that airline. See, sometimes you got to get creative, right? I didn't have money to fly to Hawaii, but I happened to have this credit on this airline. And so I used it. And I had a five-month-old baby also. So me and my five-month-old baby hop a flight from Salt Lake City to Honolulu. And she picked me up and uh, we go and stay in her shack in the middle of the jungle, and my baby was sick, and I had to sleep. He was screaming all night, and I had to sleep in the car because 
he was crying in the jungle, and everybody that was living in the jungle could hear. I mean, it was just a nightmare. But, (laughs) yeah, it's good. This is awesome. Yeah, so what she had done, though, is she had gone around. This was on Oahu. And she had gone around and kind of found some favors from people. And she got us a, a bar. It's called a Surfer Bar. Uh, it's at the Turtle Bay on the north shore of Oahu. And we decided yep. that we were going to have a Miss Slim and Sassy Bikini Contest on the north shore of Oahu. And Slim and Sassy is a blend of, of oils that actually helps with you know, your metabolism and weight loss and things like that. So we were going to have a Miss Slim and Sassy Search Bikini Contest, and we were going to have celebrity surfer judges that were going to come to our event and judge the, judge the girls, and we made like a hangover blend of essential oils, like everyone who's at the bar getting drunk can use these oils to, to cure their hangover, so to speak. And we were going to do giveaways, and I went to my upline, and I, I came over there with, like, all these products and all these incentives, you know. And so we did this huge event at this bar at the Turtle Bay Hilton of Miss Lemon Sassy Bikini, and we crowned her with, like, flowers and a sash, and she got some free oils from us. And it was really like her kickoff party, and it was fun, and it was just this amazing way for us to bring the community together, like all these different you know, people on Oahu or in Hawaii, they love to make jewelry and they love to do all things natural, you know. So it was a really fun way to bring the community together. And so that was our kickoff party in Hawaii. And since then, that has turned into by far my largest team. That has turned into wow. other presidential diamonds. Rochelle is a blue diamond. She has presidentials and blue diamonds under her. And so, you know, someone shared with somebody on the big island who shared with someone in Canada and now I have Canadians on my team who are the founders of Canada. They are actually the people who started, they opened the country in Canada. It was a very difficult process, you know, as you may know, to open new markets. Right. Um, yep. And now they have, I mean, we have about 10,000 people on our team in Canada from a bikini contest that we did on Oahu when we were broke with a screaming baby in the jungle. <laughs> so, and where... What a great story, uh, Kirsten. Yeah. That's ep- that's epic right there. Where does Rochelle live now? Oh, she lives in Hawaii. I'm actually going out there in about a week to go stay for the rest of summer. <laughs> Does she live in Honolulu? She lives on the north shore of Oahu, so, you know, just north of yeah. Honolulu. Yeah. But not in a shack. No, no, no. She's living on the beach. Uh, I'm pretty sure she has two BMWs now. <laughs> She's awesome. <laughs> she travels the world. She just got back from Australia and Nepal. And, uh, you know, she's serving in a big way as well. Nepal was like a service trip for her. So, again, that, that, that's another story that has come from, you know, just some of these events that we've done is all of these service work that comes out of, you know, sharing oils and, and working with communities around the world to empower them, which is so, so meaningful. Yeah. Wow. Really, really good story there. I love hearing those. So um, biggest mistake and you might have to dig a little bit, but I'll bet you have one. What's the biggest mistake you've made in building? And it would be a mistake that you made once, like an epic error, or maybe you did it habitually. And it wouldn't necessarily cost you money, although it might have. Maybe it cost you integrity, relationship, reputation, health. What's the biggest mistake you've made? Man, <laughs> this is a hard one. I So I would say this is a mistake, but I don't know that I wouldn't, like I don't know that I would go back and change it, right? Because it's like right. all the things that we do are part of um, our journey and what we learn right. not to do. Um, so one thing that I'm kind of notorious for is being, is giving too much. Like I, I know that sounds kind of silly, but I mean like, if I've got someone who I think is going to be amazing at doing their care, I'm like, oh, let's get you going. And, and I'm going to, I'll buy, I'll pay for half your kit or I'll buy your whole, right. or I'll, you know what I mean? Like I'll do this and I'll fly you to Utah and I'll put you up in a hotel and then I'll pay you 2000 bucks a month. And then, you know, I'll just, I'll do whatever because I believe in, in doTERRA so much that if, if you could just see how amazing this is, if you could just, you know, taste it a little bit, like you would just run with it. 
And so I would say if there was one thing that I won't name any names here, but there there's someone that I I definitely like did way too much for and and it turned into nothing. <laughs> like yeah. absolutely zero. And I'm not going to say that I haven't done things similarly because you know that was an isolated incident. Maybe if I did, you know, some other nice empowering things for somebody else, they would have taken it and ran. But in this particular instance, I, I bought someone's kid. I paid for him to fly to meet the owners of the company, meet my upline, Elise Shedevy. And I was just thinking, this is like the most amazing thing ever. And, uh, and, and they didn't, they didn't uh, choose to work with me. And that was, that was hurtful. You know, that was really like, man, that was a waste yeah. of time. So I, have, I, I know that's not like, yeah. I have countless stories like that in my career. Yeah. Um, <laughs> seems like the more you help people, the less they appreciate it and the more they demand it, and then they don't necessarily do anything. I was yeah. um, I was in a conversation, uh, oddly enough, today with a person, and this person is starting out to build in their company, and they have kind of a fortuitous, uh, opportunity in that they have access to free product. And so the conversation we were having is, well, you know, I've got this free product, and so this is how I'm going to start my business off, is I'm going to send, you know, free product. And, you know, it was actually a suggestion, you know, that this guy was asking me, what do I, what do, I do with this product? And I said, well, you know, send it out to your best prospects. And I was carelessly giving him that advice, and he asked me a very profound question, which was so simple and obvious. It's like, who's buried in Grant's tomb? He said, well, do you think that will be a problem given that they're not going to have free, free product to use to introduce their prospects? And so, you know, one of the things that we always run into as as leaders, and the more successful you are, the more resources you have. And if you're not all about money, you're not hoarding your money. You just want to, you just want to give it away and help people. And yeah. and if somebody says, "Well, I can't get to the convention," you know, "Well, I'll pay for your ticket," you know, get you to the convention. <laughs> yep. And then sometimes we just, you know, there's there's a fine line there, and where where is the balance of contribution and supporting people and and giving and then enabling or or running afoul of duplication, you know, helping right. people in a way that they're not going to be able to help the people that they're recruiting. And, you know, that's one of the arts of leadership. You don't learn that from a book. Right. You learn it from actually failing at it. It's like learning to ride a bike. You You don't get balance from succeeding in riding a bike or training wheels you get the distinction balance from actually going too far yeah, and falling definitely. and you kind of remember where that point of no return is after a while. And that's how you learn. You know, I'm just anticipating people ask the question out there, well, how do I know when giving is too much? The only way you know is make the mistake often enough that you learn the <laughs> yeah. distinction balance. Right. And Kyle and I like to say, "You have we made a thief? out of them by giving too much are we turning them into a thief and that's yeah. been a, a distinction that we've started to make recently is hey are we making a thief out of this person and if we feel like we are then we stop right that's brilliant so uh kirsten on the flip side something you haven't already told us like the system um and being highly motivated self-motivated uh, if you could come up with something new, what's the smartest thing you've done? And it may not be around money and building. It might be around integrity, reputation, health, relationships. I, I feel like the smartest thing I've done, um, there's a few key events that I started attending very early on in my, in my doTERRA career, which I actually didn't see as many of my peers and my colleagues, you know, either in my upline or even in my crossline attending. And I do feel like that has created some distinction among Kyle and I as leaders and our leadership capability um, in this business. And so attending events, not just the company events, you know, the convention and the leadership events, but 
uh, additionally, the, the other events, you know, Mastermind and uh, GoPro events and, and things like that. That is really where I got my knowledge. That's where I, I've seen you speak. You know, that's how I know you. That's how I knew about your book. That's how I knew about all the books. And that's how I have created the systems that I now have is by gleaning and attending those events and gleaning those little nuggets, you know, and keeping notes and then taking those notes and actually applying them and creating my own, you know, Kirsten Kirschbaum version of the leadership principles that I've learned at events. But I always say to people, if, there, if there's nothing else that you can do in your business, if you feel like you can't talk to people, you can't follow up, you can't, you're, you're stopped by whatever it is, just make sure that you have an event in your calendar to attend, uh, and it could be any number. I know you also do events as well, so it's just make sure that you're going to those events. Those events are the times that I've had my biggest breakthroughs. And people will say, oh, well, what if we, we watch it on TV or we read the book about it? And I say, well, it's the difference of going to the Super Bowl. You know, you can watch the Super Bowl on TV, and that's pretty cool. Or you can go to the Super Bowl and be front, you know, on the, on the sideline there and feel the energy and, and see exactly how it all goes down. You know what I mean? That's yes. the of attending events versus reading the books. Yeah, the distinction I like to use is dating. So, you know, you can date by conference call, and that has one level of impact. You could date by Skype. That has a higher level of impact, but it doesn't even remotely compare <laughs> to dating face-to-face. Yeah. And, and that's the that's distinction great. of going to a live event. And certainly yeah. you will learn things from going to any generic live event. And, and I found what people get more than particular learning is it's just really impossible to spend two or three days with hundreds or thousands of people from a lot of different companies that are having amazing success and not go home with a much higher level of permanent belief and inspiration. And that is the secret sauce is there's a lot of different ways to build a business. So, you know, you had your two samples a day and two follow-ups a day. And, you know, some people have heard of, two a day and 10 in play, which is kind of following up with 10 people, not necessarily every day, but there's, there's lots of cliches, lots of systems, lots of different approaches. You know, some people will teach you to talk to 30 people a day and some people will teach you to blitz every 90 days. And it's, it's really not the particular system. Sometimes it is with a particular company. It's more how highly motivated are you to not only create or, or adopt a system, but execute it every day. Yeah, and absolutely. I find people really get that inspiration from going to those those big live events. And you've now uh, tell us about you, you know how how your speaking career has evolved because you are you uh-huh. are a very powerful speaker. I'm not sure you were five years ago. You now have under your belt. Um, I think there was like three or 4,000 women at the most powerful women, but you've spoken to as many as 16,000 people, and, you know, that's like talking to a city. Um, <laughs> that is like my hometown. You're right. That's about how many people are in my hometown. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. a big group. You really only mm-hmm. see about 200 of them. The rest of them are just a big blur. Yeah. But yeah. How have you evolved as a speaker, and how, what have you done to develop that art? Thank you. That's a great question. So how it all began was a vision that I had at my company event where I was just a, a brand-new, like, baby kind of silver. I actually call it a duct tape silver. Have you guys had anybody ever hit a rank where you're like, oh, my gosh, I barely got that. You know what I mean? And, and, and so it wasn't a real solid rank for me, but I squoze in to my company's leadership event, and I was sitting there in the back, and I saw a woman speaking on stage, and she was a mom, just like me, you know, really awesome mom, and I saw her, and I had a moment where I knew that I would be speaking on stage next year at my company, but it it was just a vision that came to me, and I just knew it, and it it really drew me. It was another another one of those things that I I knew exactly what I was going to wear and what it was going to be like and, you know, what it was going to feel like, and so it really drew me 
um, that next year to, to speak at my company event. But as I have evolved into more of a public speaker and a general network marketing trainer and a coach, not just within doTERRA, but that actually happened because my husband was at a Les Brown speaking speaker academy. I'm sure you've heard of that. Yes. He was at that event with uh, Eric Worre, Marina Worre, Les Brown, and, and he went to their VIP lunch. And Marina and Eric were sitting down with him at lunch, and, and uh, they mentioned that they were doing the most powerful women in network marketing. So my husband, being the amazing uh, fan of mine that he is, <laughs> he said, hey, you should have my wife speak at that. You know? And they're looking <laughs> at him like, oh, well, who's your wife? You know? So he got Marina's email, and he just said, hey, would it be okay if I sent you a, a clip of my wife speaking, and you can decide for yourself if she is someone that you want to have speak. And so my husband actually got me the gig. Thank you, Kyle. And uh, so we emailed her with my information and, and a video of me speaking at one of our company events. And lucky for me, she liked it. And so that turned into me being invited to speak on that stage uh, at the Most Powerful Women uh, the first year. And then thankfully being invited back the next year to come uh, on as a panelist, I was able to speak about doing the business as a mom, doing the business as a wife. And, um, and so it's, it's evolved that way. Um, I certainly, even before this call, I, I, I wanted to review, you know, I, I love to review other people speaking. I, I'm a critic of myself, right? So I was interviewed by someone a few weeks ago, and I listened to that numerous times and kind of took what I liked about what I said and, you know, tried to change it into something uh, different for today. You know what I mean? Like I try to improve on my speaking abilities by observing myself and others and uh, trying, to, trying to get better. But that's how it started. Well, you hit on um, – I'm, I'm going to just amplify that so people don't miss it. So uh, I coach people on speaking in the number one – tool that I use is not what I have to say about their presentation, but what they have to say about their presentation. And so the tool for getting better and better and better at speaking is to always, always, always record yourself, yeah. even, if it's, even if it's a local event, and just sit down and watch it, as painful as that might be. Uh, <laughs> you know, we, we know what it's like to sit in the audience in the presence of somebody that is articulate, that uh, gets to the point, that makes powerful points, that tells great stories, that does it with passion, does it with humor. Um, we know what that's like. And so if you'll just watch yourself, if you'll just listen to yourself, and then out of that cast a vision about, okay, next time you speak on that subject or next time you speak in general, how would you say that different? Or would you even say that? Or just what would you do different? You know, the same Definitely. thing applies to, you know, people want to know how do, how do I present the business better? How do I prospect better? The number one tool you can use to get better is record yourself. It's kind of hard sometimes prospecting, but you can certainly record presentations, even one-on-ones at a Starbucks. Just turn your mm-hmm. phone on and record it. And if you listen to the banter back and forth, if you listen to the questions that you ask and the responses that you give and the questions that you missed, you'll just, they'll just jump right off the, your phone, the recording. You'll just, everything you missed will jump right off the page and you'll get it, what to do different next. It's debriefing, whether you do it with a coach or you do it with yourself, after everything you do, just sharpens that axe and as you get better and better. I'm curious, uh, Kirsten, about your, you are, um, this is the first time I've interviewed anybody who is the Mrs. Anything, but you are Mrs. Henderson, America, Henderson being the city in which you live, a suburb of Las Vegas. What is Mrs. Henderson, America all about? And how has your how have your skills supported you in winning that? And how is it going to support you in winning Mrs. Nevada America, which I see you're running for? What's that all about? <laughs> okay, so first of all, what it's all about is I actually enjoy doing things that scare me. 
So <laughs> this is something that I look at and say, wow, this would be really challenging for me, and yet I have an interest in it, so I should definitely do that. Um, and so I actually I, – I happened to do a few pageants when I was a little girl, so it's not something that's brand new to me. I, I did – you know, I was Mrs. Hurricane of my little – my hometown where I'm from in Hurricane, Utah, um, I ran for Mrs. Washington County and, and uh, was in the royalty there, the first attendant and second attendant for a couple years there. So I do enjoy um, doing that type of, you know, performance, you might say, and the skills that it gives you in interview and stage presence and things like that I think are really important. So uh, Mrs. Henderson America is actually a title that does not mean that I have won anything yet. It is something that uh, I simply work with the Mrs. America community to um, participate in. Uh, it's kind of like my title for serving in the community in which I live, and also competing in Mrs. Nevada. So I didn't win Mrs. Henderson. <laughs> I actually just, you know, I just said, hey, I want to be Mrs. Henderson. Are you guys cool with that? And they're like, yeah, we would love to have you here, you know. So I start serving in the community, and really my goal in this regard is twofold. Number one, well, three. Number one is to, I have five children, and so I just had my fifth baby. They're all boys. And uh, the the one little guy is almost five months old. So there's a swimsuit competition. So I've got to get back in shape. Like there's no excuses. And I personally need deadlines like that in order to stop me from eating cookies. Right. So I so March March second, I'm going to be on a swim uh, on a stage in a swimsuit, and I will have to make sure you know that I don't eat cookies for at least six months before that. So that's number one. Number two is I get to meet other amazing, powerful, wonderful women. I mean, women who do pageants are really, you know, they're, they're, they like to get out in front of people and speak. And so it's just an amazing networking opportunity, really. And third, of course, is just being involved in the community and really having an opportunity to serve and to participate in, in charitable events locally, uh, which is really, really fulfilling. So that is what that looks like. That's why I'm doing it. I happen to love the pageant director uh, who's, who's over the Mrs. Nevada pageant. Of course, she's one of my doTERRA customers, and, you know, so it, it goes hand in hand. But even from doing pageants, I have now a team here in Las Vegas as well as in Canada because, you know, people share with people who share with people, right? So now I've got a group of other separate Canadians who are doing doTERRA with me, all from, you know, participating in this pageant system. So. Right okay, well, that leads me to my next question, which may sound like uh, regression, but really not. I, I think it's a good way to end. You've, you've been doing uh, the business now for five years, and I just can't be lost on anybody that you've been doing the business for five years and you have five kids. <laughs> and uh, what is the oldest? How old is the oldest? He's nine. Okay, so you had a four-year-old when you started, and yeah. you basically had a kid every year. Yeah, every two years. <laughs> every yeah. two years. So yeah. I just, you know, want to just call that out for all of you that are listening to this recording that have ever had the thought, you don't have time to do the business, you're too busy, you got this going on. You Imagine having a child every two years and having a total of five young boys and then in the, in the same time period, personally sponsoring, according to my sheet here, 143 people. Mm -hmm. So my last question, Kirsten, is, second to last question, is can you speak a little bit to what is your modus operandi? What was it? Let's, let's not talk about what it is now. Let's talk about what it was when most of the listing audience can duplicate it. What was your modus operandi the first couple of years for finding people? You know, let's just think about the people outside of your immediate sphere of influence. You talk to everybody you know, and then what? What was your modus operandi for meeting people? And what, was your, what are a couple of your best approaches, connections, like, how did you reach out and touch people? 
I really believe that what has made me successful in this business is my ability to ask questions to anyone. And I've learned this skill of asking questions and and not making it about me. So when I want to, let's say I've talked to everybody I know or whatever, that's not even true, but I still haven't talked to everybody I know because I'm meeting new people. It really is about the skill of meeting new people. So if I'm on a plane, if I'm at a restaurant, I've learned these skills. And you know who I learned them from? It's the guy, Big Al. Have you ever heard his stuff? I mean, oh, my gosh. Like, that guy's a genius as far as, like, what it looks like to, to start a conversation with someone and get the wheels turning in their head to want them to, you know, to get them to want to ask you what you do. So Yeah, I who thought, she's talking about there, folks, is Big Al, Tom Schreider, He's been a full-time network marketer for over 40 years. He's one of the best trainers in the profession. He keeps it simple. He keeps it fun. And his, all of his stuff is brilliant. Just Google yeah. Big Al and he'll show up. Yep, yeah. And so when we um, first were getting going and we went to this, uh, I told you we went to this mastermind event, you know, and, and I could only afford one uh, book, one, one like starter package, CDs, you know, to listen to everybody's got their stuff out there. You know, I could only afford one. And we chose Big Al stuff because I thought prospecting is really the key. Meeting new people is really the key. And so I can't say one way or the other. I mean, I will go if I decide I want to build, for example, I love Tulum, Mexico. Oh, my goodness. All the yoga retreats on the beach, and it's just amazing. It's one of the most beautiful places in the world. I visited there once, and I decided I want to build a business here. So I went home and we started just Googling and, and researching all the spas, all the yoga studios in the area, and we sent an email to them and just said, hey, this is who we are. We're, you know, we represent a natural health and wellness co- company in the area. We'd like to come down and bring you some samples. Would it be okay? And I, I learned, would it be okay from Big Al? Would it be okay if we dropped off some samples? And no, nobody says no to would it be okay. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, sure, you can drop off some samples. I'm not asking them to commit to anything other than me dropping off samples. So. It's just a matter of dropping off samples. So I do the same thing to wherever I want to build. Maybe it's locally. So I look up people that are in my same genre. You know what I mean? I, I'm looking up yoga studios, chiropractors, um, people in the field of natural medicine because that's what I do. And I am asking them if I can drop off samples. So it really was just like a showering of essential oils. I made the whole town smell amazing. in whatever town I want to build. I just make it go and smell good, you know? And, and of course, the name of the game is follow-up, right? Because a lot of people can do that, but it's the follow-up that sets you apart from other people. Yeah. Brilliant. That's really good. Yeah, Big Al, he's just some of the best stuff out there. And uh, The first first book I ever read of his was Big Al Tells All. And I read that book about, gosh, had to be, 30 years ago, and I was sitting in the back of an airplane. I read it from L.A. to San Francisco, and I was laughing so hard. I was crying. Everybody had already got off the plane. The cleaning crew was on the plane, and I just, I'm just in tears in the back of the plane reading this book. He's, he's become one of my best friends in the profession. He's oh, nice. really, really, really great guy. Yeah, um, definitely. Tell us, Kirsten. Can I tell you one more thing? Because I feel like as a mom, like all the moms that are listening, like I want you guys to know something. When you're building as a mom with small children, and and understand, I I had a child every two years, and I nurse all my babies for a year. So I'm nursing. You know, I'm not just like, oh, shove a bottle in their mouth later. I'm bringing the kid with me. I've got like a one-handed little stroller thing that I can pop through that security line, you know, into the x-ray machine by myself. I'm, it's like I, I, I need someone to video me doing it. Like it's a talent, you know. So you've got your tools and you're bringing your kids with you to do meetings. I just flew to Seattle last weekend with my five-month-old baby, and I said to the people, hey, I'll come and do an essential oil class for you, but I'm bringing my baby. And they loved it. They loved having the kid there. And even if your kids are a little bit older, we use our children as, as tr- kids don't lie. You know what I mean? So it, it brings like the level of comfort down when you have your child in there saying, oh, I love this oil. This is my favorite oil. Or, you know, for whatever your product is. You know, if you've got your kids there, I mean, aside from them being like a two-year-old, two-year-olds do not travel well. But So that's like 
one year where you can't bring your kid with you. But other than that, you know, you've got your baby and you bring him with you. I mean, I've been to leadership conferences where I'm in, I'm in the bathroom using a breast pump. You know what I mean? Like if I don't have my kid with me, like, I'm pumping breast milk in the bathroom. But you know why? Because I want it that bad. I want to be there that bad. And if yeah, you want you it are, that bad, you'll do it. You are an amazing commitment. You are a force of nature right there. Um, uh, okay, a shameless plug question. How do you use the for your career with your team? Oh, great question. Every person that I enroll gets a copy of the for your career um, along with a little bag of essential oil samples and things like that. But it is part of the starter package gift that you get from me if you are a builder on my team. So that's the honest truth. I'm not even that you can ask any one of the new people I've enrolled in the last year. They've all received uh, for your career. Additionally, uh, one of my good friends, she's not on my team, but we call her, we're doTERRA cousins, you know, and she gave me the idea to actually do business trainings. Like maybe you do a once a month business training or something and to use the for your career as part of your business training. You can just take a chapter. I mean, you know, take network marketing myths you know, and, and just do that as part of your business training. Um, a lot of people, maybe they're not doing the, the group trainings locally, but maybe you do a book club, right? And so once a week, you all jump on a call, and you just talk about, hey, I read, I read Chapter 1, Why Network Marketing, and, uh, or Chapter 2, why, you know, why Network Marketing, and have everybody go around and say what they learned from it. And it's, it's a great, simple way. I find that when you use books, to teach your team, that's when you create the real leadership because it's not me. It's not about me, right? You want to use something outside of yourself like the four-year career or other books like that because it, it kind of makes you, you're the teacher, you know, you're not the expert. You're just saying, hey, it's in a book, so it must be true. So yeah. a lot of people really the, respect that. You want to be the messenger, not the message. Absolutely. Have the message be uh, something duplicatable. Kirsten, you're, uh, you're what a great. Um, well, I think I could, I think I could uh, interview you for a full eight hours, do an entire series on how to wow. build an empire and a family at the same time. And your empire is, I know I said this early on, but and gosh, you have to be so inspired because you're just getting started. I mean, geometric progressions have not really even kicked into high gear for you yet. That's gonna that's gonna happen in a huge way in the next three to five years. You're you're looking at a million people on your team in the next seven yeah. to ten years, and um, I I know you're gonna do some beautiful things with that abundance. I didn't dive deep into the work that you do to serve people and give back, but I know you do a huge amount of that and. That's a big yeah. part of what it's about for you, and um, that's a beautiful thing. I'm sure we'll hear more about that. In fact, I just want to uh, make the invite now. Can I interview you again in a couple of years so we can see how the story has evolved and leaped in a quantum way? That'd be amazing. Can we do it from your house in Lanai? <laughs> <laughs> Of course we can. We can, okay. we can. we can do it over, you know, two or three days if you want. Yeah, Jimmy would love that. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. All right. When you, I got my when you asked me, it's you asked me if I liked Hawaii, I, I wanted to say I love Hawaii. And yeah. what I was thinking about was Kimmy, my extraordinary partner who is from Hawaii. And she moved to California uh, with me for the last three years. But now that her daughter's in college, we're... We're headed back to her home. She grew up on Oahu, but we we compromised on Lanai, and wow. we actually both love it there. So yeah. It's gonna so be, did you want to be in Lanai, experience. or did you want to be? No, uh, we actually both want to be in Lanai. It's okay. A very special place. It's a different different kind of Hawaii. There's not a lot. Yeah, of, I've not never really, been there. Not any tourists, and only one little town of a couple of thousand people. No stoplights. Speed mm. limits thirty five miles an hour everywhere. And and, <laughs> and has two has two four seasons resorts and a no boost. <laughs> You're set. Yeah. That's awesome. All yeah. right. Well I can't wait. So in tradition, 
Kirsten, to wrap this up, you get to ask the last question, and you get to ask it of me, and you don't get to prepare, <laughs> and we don't have a lot oh. of time. Okay. Um Oh my gosh, there's so much pressure. Wow, okay. Pick no off. pressure. Yeah. Follow well, your, I want follow to your intuition. doesn't know, even have I to know. be profound. Okay, all right, all right. Um, what's the first thing that you think of when you wake up in the morning? First thing I think of when I wake up in the morning is I think of Kimmy. Because we have <laughs> this... Great. We have this this ritual that starts with our feet and um, sort of a waking up ritual, which could go on for a half hour. It's like, you know, one of us is awake and then the other one is awake. And so the first thing I think about is her and connecting with her in some way. And the second thing I think about is the appreciation for where we live um, because we're both very intentional about where we live. It's philosophically something that that is just really important to me, above and beyond business and friends and, um, you know, even for me, family. And, I, you know, this isn't the same for everyone, but the most important for, thing for me is my environment and mm-hmm. where I live. And so... We live in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho in the summer, which I've lived all over the United States. I've lived in, I think, 11 different states. And Coeur d'Alene, Idaho in the summer is, for us, just paradise. And in the winter, I live in, have historically lived in central California in the foothills or on the coast around Pebble Beach, which is paradise in the winter. But actually, Lanai now trumps that. So even, you know, when we're waking up in the lanai, the first thing I think about after connecting with Kimmy is, you know, what a beautiful space to wake up in. It's quiet. It's warm in the winter. You know, I take my computer and a cup of coffee after we get up and just go sit outside and watch the sunrise. And then we go for a hike. And from a business standpoint, I'm I'm always thinking about um, the people, and what do we need to do to serve them, which isn't giving to them, but serve them such that they can have the same experience in their life if they want that Kimmy and I have been so fortunate to have and have worked so hard for. And not everybody wants that same path and experience. Not everybody wants to pay that same price. But the fact that, you know, it's the same thing for you, Kirsten, and Kimmy and myself, you know, if if you've built a team of, you know, 50,000 people, if you become a multimillionaire in this business in a few short years, you can cer- certainly coach and lead somebody to make an extra $1,000 a month. Yeah. And... So whatever the range is, you know, if people want $500 a month, if they want free product or they want $50,000 a month, I'm just always thinking about those people and how we can better serve them, empower them, lead them, support them, coach them, challenge them, inspire them to walk the same path that we walked as far as they want to walk it, which sometimes is not near as far as we walked it. Sometimes is more. Yeah. And we've accomplished, and that's what gets me up in the morning and motivates me to go to work and solve problems is I want people to have the same opportunity to have the same experience that we've had because it is really extraordinary for people. You know, Kimmy was a single mom with a dead-end job, and she built a, ton, a team of 20,000 people in four years, you know, four years later, she was making $75,000 a month. And, you know, before she got into network marketing, she was about to move in with her mom because she couldn't afford rent. 
you know, I worked in a chicken plant for $3 an hour, and I planned on spending the rest of my career in the chicken plant. You were homeless and living with your in-laws, which might have been okay and might have been terrifying. <laughs> but, you know, They're nice so, people, but, yeah, not yeah, ideal. Yeah, nobody wants to be in that kind of a crowded space. So, you know, not everybody is sort of that rags-to-riches story in network marketing. Mm-hmm. For sure, there's a lot of very successful people that entered network marketing and just became more successful. But either way, there's there's a really extraordinary path that we've all walked there. And anybody that's broken through on the other side, and that breakthrough happens for all of us at different times, but I, you can just mark my words, every one of you listening, if you stay on the path, and you have that breakthrough to the other side where the business goes from having to be committed, having to be disciplined, you know, grinding it out and, you know, going from one disappointment to the next. The breakthrough comes when you just get the distinction balanced, like riding a bike. You just instantly get it. Once you get it, you never lose it. And once you have that breakthrough, everything then becomes fun and it becomes relatively effortless not that you don't have failures and setbacks, but you just get the business. And once you get the business, you look back and you say, my gosh, why did I make it so hard? It just wasn't ever so hard, and yet I made it so hard. And so what gets me up and motivates me is leading people to that distinction of balance, which in network marketing is it's just really connecting with people and giving people the gift of opportunity and and being convinced enough in your product line and your opportunity that you see it as a gift and you see it as an opportunity and you see it as a possibility. You, it's a possibility for wonderful things to happen as opposed to a possibility to be rejected. And as long Absolutely. as people see our career as a possibility to be rejected, they'll hide and play small and find excuses and and they won't make it happen. But as soon as you see it differently, boy, it's it's really an extraordinary gift. And so that's the answer to my your your question. Great question. And with that, okay. that, that we're six minutes over, Kirsten. Once again, thank you so much. Um, I look forward to following you and. Uh, catching up with you in a couple of years and hearing about the extraordinary things that you've done with your wealth and your influence and your leadership. And congratulations. I guarantee thousands of lives will change from listening to this interview, whether people listen to it live tonight or they're listening to the podcast five years from now in Nigeria. Um, <laughs> your Your ripple effect is huge, and thank you very much for investing the time with us tonight. Thank you. It was an honor. I appreciate it. Good night. Get your mindset right. Without a clear vision, success is lost. Check out the best-selling book on vision, Mach 2 with your hair on fire. Learn to think like a successful person with this step-by-step guide on how to break through your self-imposed limitations. Mach 2 Vision Training is a 90-minute, four-part video training where you get Richard to walk you through crafting your vision. It's a must for anyone looking to step outside the box and hit the ground running. For 10% off your order, use the discount code HERO at checkout. If you're serious about building your business, make sure to subscribe to Richard's blog for all the latest tools and articles. This success story is not typical. It is meant to inspire you and show you what's possible. It is not what you should expect to accomplish. Your income will depend entirely on you, your commitment, your work ethic, your leadership, and your ability to acquire customers and inspire sales leaders to join your team. Most people who start off intending to build a sales team do not maintain their motivation to continue. 